Trick or treat! Hello, little kiddies. Would you like a treat? Welcome, 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 and welcome again, and Halloween welcomes <laughs> <laughs> to this, our Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Will Keith. I'm Adam. Happy Sal Home. I'm Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, we have no fake Keith tonight. Oh, oh, oh. she's gone. Yes, thank heaven. She won't take the mickey out of me. Oh. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> I'm so upset you're not here. We can, we can do it in spirit. Oh, baby, I've got straight a light. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Enough of this All Hallows Eve from a fun and tomfoolery. Without further ado, wading through the thick London fog of information to find the phantom raspberry blower that is the news with El Presidente. <laughs> yeah, I want to buy with you. Doctor News! Ooh. The eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, yep. gets new duds. 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 New clothes. Duds. Paul uh, McGann, whilst on stage at Armageddon Pop Culture Expo in Auckland, New Zealand, never heard of it, uh, revealed what is to be the new costume for the eighth Doctor. Um, yeah. New costume. New costume. Yeah, uh, mm. I'm sorry, but we're on the 11th. Yeah. Are we? Yeah, yeah, I kind of wondered, yeah. why has he got a new costume? What's going on? It's Nobody's... not like he's guest appearing or something. Well, we never know, but I suspect, it hasn't been said, but I suspect Big Finish just want more pictures of him. <laughs> they've, uh, used, they've used every picture of Paul McGann yeah, in costume yeah. about five times over. <laughs> over, <really>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. But anyway, apparently it consists of a double-breasted black naval jacket... Sounds a bit ninth doctor there. Yeah. With gold buttons. Mm-hmm. Mm. And part of the ensemble is a courier pouch bag. Ooh. Bit odd. But yeah, there we go. Also, he has a new sonic screwdriver, courtesy of Weta Workshop. Yeah. The people behind the effects of Lords of the Rings. It's similar to the one used by the current Dr. Matt Smith, but has a wooden handle. Hmm. I, yeah, I've um, seen a picture of it. It looks quite nice. Very I, retro. Yeah, 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 very retro. This, 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 this might yeah. be a cynical aspect of myself, but um, are we talking marketing possibilities for Weta here? Probably, yes. Yeah. I, they know, they've done yeah. stuff I know they have... Uh, they have a Doctor Who line. You can oh, get yeah. you can get a Centauran helmet. You can get the Lord <laughs> President's head and, and shoulders, for want of a word. And you can do <laughs> shampoo, shampoo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no dandruff. And I know you can get, ah, but only up to only up to one foot away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you can get um, a silver fourth Doctor stroke third Doctor sonic screwdriver, and they've also done a, a ninth and tenth. The fourth Doctor, doctor strokes the third. Doctor. No, <laughs> oh, wow. oh sure he did. Not not physically stroke because it would be it would be rather gooey now as well. Well, <laughs> well, if the BBC can blatantly go into the realms of <laughs> marketing <laughs> by creating a new Dalek, yeah, not for marketing purposes. <laughs> I'm sure oh, other people not. can jump on the marketing bandwagon. But, but looking at the rest of Worker's stuff, that's probably going to be in three figures. Probably it does look very good. It looks oh, yeah. like it has aspects of his console room. Yeah, it looks yeah. like 
kind of steampunky bit mm, word. Yeah, 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 steampunk. That's yeah, word, it yeah. looks quite good. Uh, no other information at present, but it is believed it has a blessing of the BBC. But <laughs> mm. what that means? Yeah, who yeah. knows? It means they're not going to do them for breach of copyright. Copy- basically, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Graham Crowden has cooed. His last Lord, Lord Nyman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The actor Graham Crowden has died at the age of 87. Ah, oh, shame. He's best <laughs> known by Who, Who fans as uh, his turn as Soldied, the leader of the planet Skonos and ally of the titular Nyman <laughs> in the 1979 season 17 adventure The Horns of Nyman. Horns of Nyman. <laughs> and more recently, he worked along Mark, alongside Mark Gatiss as Ronald Rowlands. In the BBC Radio sci-fi comedy series Nebulous, I would like to help, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Other memorable TV roles included Jock McCannon in a very peculiar practice. Mm, Yep. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, the two nuns. The two nuns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as Tom Ballard in the comedy series Waiting for God, which I quite enjoyed. Mm, Yeah, yes, they're all good pieces. Yeah. He was one of the actors considered to take on the role of the Fourth Doctor in Doctor Who in 1974, but he felt he couldn't commit to many years in such a role. There is no word if he died of biting off more scenery than he could chew. (laughs) (laughs) Wrote this copy. I don't know. (laughs) So after three, one, two, three. Lord Nyman. Oh dear. <laughs> Hobbit casting. More names have now been attached to Peter Jackson's upcoming The Hobbit films. Even though there is only one Hobbit book, there yeah. are going to be more than one Hobbit Two film. Two films, yeah. Sherlock's Martin Freeman is confirmed as Bilbo Baggins. Good choice. Mm. I can see that, yeah. Good choice. I just hope it doesn't interfere with the filming of Sherlock. Yeah. Apparently Mm, not. They're working around his schedule. Peter Jackson has this to say on the casting. Despite the various rumours and speculations surrounding this role, there has only been ever one Bilbo Baggins for us. There are a few times in your career when you come across an actor Uh (laughs) who, you know, was born to play a role. And that was the case as soon as I met Martin. He is intelligent, funny, surprising and brave. Exactly like Bilbo, and I feel incredibly proud to be able to announce that he is our hobbit. Mm. You should marry him. (laughs) (laughs) Other notable genre casting include Robin Hood and Spook's Richard Armitage as Thorin Oakenshield, and Being Human's vampiric Aidan Turner as the dwarf Gilly. Though not officially announced yet, Sylvester McCoy has... Ah, hello. (laughs) Yes, that's the one. Has revealed he has been offered the role of Radagast the Brown, one of the wizards sent to oversee Middle-earth. Mm. Mm. So a lot of yeah. genre people in there. A lot of names. A lot yeah. of names. And well, and so I, I agree with Martin Freeman. He's a per- seems to be a perfect hobbit. And yeah. That's my mind. I'm yeah. not sure about Adrian Turner as a dwarf. Yes, no. But, well, tall and slender to be yeah, a dwarf. Yeah, well, I'm uh, Richard be, Armitage, too. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. You know, it's... it's um, who, who was it did it the first... Um, uh, John Reese Davies. Yeah, that, mm. that stocky. Yeah, Wolf was a yeah, stocky. Gimli, he's, yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's a stocky man. No disrespect yeah. to him, but he's lost a lot of weight. W- but, yeah. Wolves, yeah. wolves are basically the same height as they are width. Obviously, yeah. the same width as <laughs> yeah. they are height. Yeah, yeah. 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 six one half a dozen of them. They're supposed to be this kind of like short, short-ish, robust, mm. almost like Viking yeah. character, no, no but not tall. Yeah. yeah. No. They get bulked them out in the costume, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just said, the, the one thing, things you can do with special effects and padding and, and oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 Wear a fat suit. 
Yep. That time you got him in shields and armour and, and all the hair. rest of it. <laughs> Don't and forget beard. Beard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, and the height isn't really an issue, no, because well, let's face it, the last lot of actors to play the Hobbits weren't exactly three foot no, tall, but no, you never no. know by the time they finish. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So well, we shall wait and see. Watch this space. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah, sounding good. Any more? Any, any, news, any no? addendums? I am addendum to dit it out. Uh, more casting news for uh, Tron Legacy. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, apparently, um, yes, well, more Brits in the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, John Hurt is set to make an appearance in the film. <laughs> oh. Mm. As an actor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. no, it's just me. So, yeah, so. Come here. <laughs> Ow. Martin Sheen, he of Tony Blair fame mm-hmm. in The Queen. Mm-hmm. He is to play, really? he is to play Castor, the vivacious and charismatic owner of the End of Line Club uh, mm-hmm. in the digital world. And also James Frain, he plays Jarvis, uh, another character in the dig- digital world. So along with John Hurt. Yeah, so. Martin Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just lose this addendum completely? Throw <laughs> no. the clipboard at him. Oh. You know you want to. <laughs> Hello, I'm Martin Jarvis. <laughs> I must admit, I liked Martin Sheen in Nixon. Mm. Mm. Yes. That was very mm. good. Very underrated mm. film, but very good. Mm. Yes. So, anyway, sort of US release on December the 17th and 26th over here in the UK. So oh, Boxing Day, yeah? Huh? Mm, yes. So I feel a staggering story trip. Oh, yes, yes we must. It's mm, on the cards. Yeah, it's 28 years to wait for a sequel. It's rather bad, not too bad. I, I, I can do you one better. I, I waited nearly 80 years to see the premiere release of a movie. 80 years? 80? Yeah. You're not 80 years old. I know, but I finally got to see the Metropolis. almost oh, unedited version of Metropolis as it was ah. originally filmed by Fritz Lang and it's mm. in premiere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That has to be the longest wait for mm. a premiere. Mind you, what soundtrack did you have with it? Apparently it's taken very closely from the music they had at the time. All oh, right. Mm, it's, so. it's not... So it's not, the, it's, not the, not it's not the Queen one. Mm. <laughs> oh no, it's a proper one. Right. Um, mm. Mind you, there is a bit where the uprising and they don't quite play the Marseillaise, but it's so close. It's like okay, this is about the French Revolution. Is it allegory to the mm. French? Do you get the bit about the allegory to the French? <laughs> Come here, bash, bash, bash. <laughs> Now do you get the allegory to the fridge? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, one final bit of news, I think. Oh, an oh, addendum. I, oh. A short one. But Merlin has been renewed for a fourth season. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Yes. But only yes. ten episodes, mm. rather than usual 13. Ooh. And they're not quite sure if it's going to be in 2011, mm-hmm. i.e. next year, or beginning of 2012, Ooh. because of Doctor Who. Uh, or perhaps it will be split in the summer, yes. and five in the summer, and five I, in the winter. I suspect not, which it's probably why it's ten episodes long. Yeah. They need to fit it around Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Yeah. Once I got my head around the fact that it wasn't the Arthurian story, <laughs> I do actually quite like this Merlin, but you're going to run out of potential storylines, not fairly quickly, but at the moment we're going into the whole bit about Morgana now knows that she's... Nasty, nasty you know, little the, bit. the half-sister, yeah. etc. There's only so many stories you can do where she tries to kill him before yeah. He, yeah. she's... You know, so, I can understand it's going down to 10, but trying to get 13 original stories yeah. out, continuously finding something new is going to be difficult to do. Yeah, need to get rid of Tony Head, maybe. and Yeah, you know, but that's the thing. As soon as he becomes King Arthur, it, it will change it. That's the point at maybe which the series finishes. You don't know, but... Mm. So like, maybe. I know they've got 
ten seasons out of uh, Smallville. <laughs> God knows how, yeah. Mm. yeah but, <laughs> and that's all before he's meant to be Superman. Mm. Yeah. So. It depends on the writing and how, yes. how many ways you can tell the same story. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it's only so many times you can kidnap yeah. people in a certain mm. way and poison yeah. them. Be- and Before it starts devolving into Monster of the Week. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also before someone starts sitting there going, isn't it funny that we banned witchcraft and wizards- wizardry and it always turns up, and Merlin seems to be in the centre of it, resolved, isn't it? Mm, we can't spot the link. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> we'll have to talk about it again when the season finishes, maybe. Yeah. Because you missed our last com- uh, I know. recording. Yeah. We well, you were sitting it. in the corner going... Ah, 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 ah. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I was sitting at home thinking, I want to go. I like Arthurian legend. <laughs> I want to cut holes in this season, but I do love it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't even found... Down Calibrus yet? Sorry, get cream it's Calibra. Oh, no. <laughs> Even though it's at the beginning, the opening. Yeah, it's anyway, in the lake. We're, you can we're, see it. Yeah. Just move on. Move yeah, on. We're majestically sweeps past it. Anyway, yes. Anymore? Nope. 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 Going. Going. Go on. Come. We've all been watching television. <laughs> television? What is that? Well, it's a large cathode ray tube. Mine there? hasn't no. got a cathode ray. No, mine has neither, actually. Okay, then, a large LED display. <laughs> <laughs> it's the idiot box in the corner yes, yes. of the room. It's like the time sucker. <laughs> the one I need. Enough for Amy Pond. <laughs> <laughs> the one-eyed monster crouching in the corner of the Pardon? room. <laughs> anyway, yes. What have we been watching, boys and girls? The Sarah Jane, Jane Adventures. Oh, the Nightmare Man. Why, what have you been watching? <laughs> yes, a new series has begun. Yep, yep. Yeah, and a bit familiar for those of you who remember season two. This is what, season... Where are we now? Three? I think season yeah. three, yeah. Was it four? I forget already. But we've had this before where a main character is leaving... Oh, yes. ...in the Ooh. first episode of a season. Yes. 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 We, is that, we had it with the, the girl, didn't we? Yeah, Maria. Yeah, Maria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is four, isn't it? Yeah, it is four. <laughs> <laughs> the first three are out on DVD. Uh, yep, yeah, season four. So, yeah, so I, that came as a bit of a surprise for me, because I wasn't... I didn't they, know. They kept it very... Qu- I know with Maria, it was sort of advertised, and they had a few interviews in in the monthly. Oh, her, did they? I think, yeah. The okay. fact that she was leaving. But mm. this this sort of completely left filled me when I, when well, I watched I, it. I suspect mm. that he's not left. I suspect he's actually off filming something else, because... Although we were reviewing the first episode, he did also make a, a video cameo. link, cameo yeah. in the second one. And the third one. So what I suspect is that he's he's being given time off to go and do some stage or something else, and then the character right. half-term, <laughs> what have you, uh, yeah, will, will come back in. So they probably haven't made this big yeah, thing about him leaving because he hasn't left left in the same kind of way. But it is, could it be is, he's doing his A-levels yeah. or whatever, I'm yeah, not sure yeah. what it is. And it's also, a very, it's also a very convenient way to write out K-9. Yeah, yeah. which is unfortunate. Mm. But Because yeah. K-9's gone with him. Ah. Rights ah. issues again, to I To look know. after him. Yeah. Well, I, I got him know. back for a season, now he's gone again. Yeah. So what was, what was the Nightmare Man about, El Presidente? A man of nightmares. Oh. Um, <gasps> on a Scottish island. 
Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking of the 1980. Yeah, that's the 1980. Yeah. Which is very good, actually. Okay. <laughs> we'll You'll die to S in the We'll game. come back to that. We'll come back to that. <laughs> there is an alien creature, of course, yes. which somehow uses Luke's uh, trepidation yeah. of Luke moving away to Ooh. University Oxford. It's implied that it's actually from another dimension. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's the feeling I got. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mr. Smith yes. recognised it. From, from the Kandos dimension. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. write down mm. where it's from. It's some unpronounceable yeah. place. Yeah. But yes, he somehow got into the nightmares of Luke, which is odd because Luke was mm. never meant to be able to dream. dream. No, this is no. the first time he's dreamed, period. doesn't yeah. matter if it's a nightmare or a good dream. This is the first time he's dreamed. So it's not clear if the nightmare man has caused that or is he just, he's just using that yeah. well, as the is, gateway. Is, right. is the, the dreaming now a product of uh, Luke's evolution? So he's yeah. his more sort of becoming more human. Yeah, having... Dirty dreams. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear heavens above! <laughs> oh, he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, going off to university. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the children are in their twenties, apart from him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and. As ever, there's always a question mark, how do these aliens happen to find Sarah yeah. Jane and her friends? And yeah. you, know, you have to kind of That's gloss over that. Yeah, gloss over mm. a little bit, yeah. I have to admit, when I was, I was watching this one, I thought it was very good, but I had a real strong feeling of deja vu with this story. Oh, yeah? I, I can't think of what other story or TV programme that I've seen with this storyline, but you know when you're watching something and you're sitting there thinking, you know, this is, seems to be almost a rewrite of a previous mm. story or I, episode? I'm not sure if it's a rewrite, but it was certainly inspired. There's uh, the, 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 the monster coming in through the dreams is very kinder. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and to a certain extent, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I'm not having mm. seen, though, but it probably yeah. is that, that kind of kinder thing. Also reminds me a bit of Torchwood, yes. In some ways, yeah. That sort of thing happened in Torchwood a couple of yeah. times. The 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 actual character of the Nightmare Man, I think, is we're pulling things in from left, right, and centre. Well, but it's do. very it's very Sapphire and Still esque. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking a bit yeah. Joe Hammond. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very. And of course, he's played by Julian Bleach. Yes, who's now done. Torchwood, um, Torchwood, then Doctor, and then yeah. Sarah Jane Adventures. Because he, he was he was the uh, ringmaster from Out of the Rain, is it? Uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, he was second season. Yeah, second season, and Torchwood. he's also played Davros. Davros, famously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and actual, the actual portrayal of the Nightmare Man was very how can I say, dark Joker. Yes, mm. he, he, he scampered everywhere, and there was a lot of giggling and sort of contorting his body. It was very, mm. very Joker esque. Mad as cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, 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 if you watch the cartoon, it, um, the, uh, the animated Batman. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Joker via Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mm. It's ve- very much of that. Very high pitched giggling and mm, very manic. Yes, yeah. yeah. Which I'm not necessarily saying is a bad thing. Oh, good. So not that, in that portrayal. Mm. where the Nightmare Man put them into their respective dreams <laughs> and they were all in their own dimensions. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was that was quite nice. Some I, lovely little cameos there, and scenarios. There, there is yeah. a, there's a great standout moment because they, they put um, Clive into... Clyde. Cl- sorry, Clyde into a dream <laughs> where he's 
left school and he's working out of a very drab, doing a very drab job mm. in a hamburger joint. Yeah, mm. flipping yeah. burgers. Flipping burgers. Yeah. <laughs> and the best thing I like it is uh, Elizabeth Sladen on the mobility seat, scooter, yeah, yeah. mobility <laughs> scooter, doing Mad Catwoman. She's well, she's yeah. in a sort of a, 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 a what is it a flower pot hat type <laughs> yeah. thing, grey wispy hair oh, coming out of, yeah. and it, it is Mad Catwoman. Pretty much, they didn't yeah. age her up that much to the Not actual face, much. surprisingly. But. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. she does insane old lady very yeah, well. She does yeah, it freakily yeah. oh, no. well. Mrs. Brady, old lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like tell she enjoyed that. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it is mad Catwoman. Literally, I can't go on and probably sitting there. You mean I get to act? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, mad Catwoman, as in sort of you know, dotty old spinster. Yes, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, oh. oh you know, when you said mad Catwoman, so I, I thought you. You're thinking of cat. No, no, not Catwoman. Not Eartha Kitt. Not Eartha Kitt. No, 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 no. No, she didn't turn up in black leather. <laughs> <laughs> Although, <laughs> I think it's more of a so dream than a nightmare. <laughs> I thought you were carrying on with the Batman analogy no, there. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Catwoman. No, no, literally, mad, dotty old woman. <laughs> oh, thousands yeah, of with a house, yeah, house yeah. full of cats. Doing yeah. the, yeah. She, literally, she's in the corner doing the knitting, knitting at one yeah. point. Oh, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it was very good that in the, it did play on probably a lot of the anxieties that the teenagers get and yeah. young people get at leaving school, going to colleges and dealing with new things. And from Sarah Jane's point of view as well. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, they were all it's actually quite moving, surprisingly. All, it's eventually the group is split up yeah, and going yeah. in a separate way and one of the most traumatic things for a parent is when the kids leave home yeah. or die mm. oh well that's even you know <laughs> they won't go there but I also like Horribly. the fact that yeah. <laughs> thank you it, thank it you touched on the jealousy <laughs> yes of his friends yes. as well yeah and they did admit yes they were jealous, jealous but they, and I thought that was quite a nice touch because sometimes it doesn't always touch on the negative feelings yeah. that people have mm. around when, when these kind of things happen. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Luke is meant to be the same age as Clyde and Rani, yeah. Yeah. but he's because he's so smart, he's been put up a year. Yeah. He's going to university a year mm. early. Yeah, yeah, he's leaving leaving school now. Yeah, and they're still stuck back in school, have, have yeah, doing their uh, A-levels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I'm still thinking of the mad cat one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you outside and hit you. Yeah. <laughs> I thoroughly deserve it. <laughs> well, chuck a bucket of cold water over yeah. him, one yeah. or the other. I actually have thought of Elizabeth Sladen wearing tight leather. As <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, chuck a bucket of cold yeah, water over him. I can't see a problem with that no. myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, so we had mentioned at the beginning we had another Slitheen turn up. Yes, ah. a very, very green one. Yeah, they... know, mo- most of the Slitheen have been orange or olive green. This mm. one was sort of a day glow green, yeah, fluorescent oh. green. Yeah, that, that struck me. It was done cheap. I think they had they'd repainted the suit orange. Yeah, and they did a bit too thick or long ah. shade of green <laughs> over yeah. the orange. Yeah. It was played by Toby Longworth, the voice. Oh! Yeah. yeah it's a uh, big Finnish story. Big Finnish, yeah. yeah Judge Dredd. And does a lot of voices for that, yeah. I, I did like the little bit of humour about, you know, why do they always have these weird conversations at the most inappropriate time? Yeah. Yeah. Cuffed, cuffed to the, to the end. Yeah. <laughs> they got completely slimed again with yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. exploding slimy. <laughs> Which I think Sarah Jane took umbrage against. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> could, you could see off behind the camera people throwing buckets yeah, over them. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I'd like to ask though, right, is Sarah Jane, like the Doctor, is against killing anything, except for they're quite happy to chuck yeah, well, acid over Slovene and watch them go pop. Yeah. <laughs> they started it. Someone's salt over a slug or something. They started it. 
Is it worth death, though? I don't know. <laughs> Harsh sentence, I would have thought, but there we go. <laughs> also, I thought Slovene were wiped out by now. The family. Yeah. Yeah, the family Slovene. Depends but, how mm-hmm. ba- big it is, you know. Yeah. It's just, do you want to yeah. go around calling it a Max of... It's a Karako Falapatorius. It's easier just call them Slovene. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, the Slovene were just one family. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know how big, big. a family they were. Well, there yeah. may be mm. two families mm. on the planet. Well, we had for thing for thing and thing again. So you know, it Close could enough. be that there's a couple of billions yeah. of beings. Why can't they be from another, the other planet? Clum, 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 clum. Yeah. What else do we have? Uh, the slightly um, sickly ending of the the three kids joining forces. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The willpower to overcome <laughs> the the nightmare well, man. Yeah. Together they're united. And can do better. It was a little bit sickly and twee, I suppose. But one, it is a kids' show. Yeah, I know that's no excuse. <laughs> but uh, two, it's also they've only got a certain amount of time. Yeah, to find the uh, resolution to get. So it's only so much you can can and, do. And it was meant to be showing them working together, together. for the yeah. last time yeah. or whatever. I did, yeah. I did wonder though. Right, the, the Nightmare Man put in it in mind he couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. How can he tell a video camera suddenly <laughs> that uh. he's recording deliberately knowing someone's going to watch him? I know, it doesn't make sense. He couldn't even type his on a keyboard. Yeah. yeah. But he can well, say it to a video camera. And it's just yeah. like, that just mm. seemed a bit. Mm. Uh, I think they, they wrote themselves into a corner and conveniently forgot. It was okay the bit after that where the camera actually sees a nightmare. Yeah, man. that, that, was, that, that, been that fine. was accidental. So that, yeah. that works. But he shouldn't have been able to say it. No. That should be enough to see in Nightmare. Yeah. Then Mr. Smith could have said, oh, that's... That looks like... And a that's creature from read, whatever. Yeah, readings from it. Is, yeah, yeah. So they could have got round it that way. Yeah. They should have done It's, it's a little bit, little bit of sloppy writing. Because I, I actually yeah. said Joseph the thing here, mm. I'm, I'm not... I'm not being a picky adult here. There's a lot of kids I know would have spotted that yeah. and gone, how comes he couldn't have typed it then, but he yeah. can say it now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just seemed to be a bit... It's a, uh, it's a little... It lazy. It, yeah. It didn't spoil it for me, but yes, it was mm. a little bit of sloppy writing and lazy. But some nice moments of humour. It's quite a dark oh, yes. story. Yeah. Oh, particularly yeah. the first episode with all the preparations for Luke to leave. And all yeah. That. What I did notice is the nightmare schoolrooms or corridors that you get. Mm. They're like blackboards and you've got chalk writing all, all over them. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice, mm. nice yeah. something touch. It's sort of... Uh, Every day, but taken at a 90 degree angle. Yeah, it is quite good. But you had the humour like uh, Mr. Smith needing a USB lead oh, yes. to connect up yes. to K9. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? We have technology here, alien tech, cyber tech. I need a USB <laughs> port, <laughs> USB cable. Which was, a, and also we have um, still got the ongoing yeah, rivalry few, between Mr. Yes. Smith and. Mm-hmm. They had a bit of a goodbye to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It's, I won't say respect for each side, but they came to terms. Briefly. A mutual yeah. disappreciation yes. society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say grudging admiration. But, yeah, well. Nicely K9 used a bit. He was put into the dream. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. talk to Luke. Slightly convenient to have the living concrete yeah, to connect them. Have we heard that before? I, I don't think so. I, don't, I could be mistaken because I haven't seen all of them. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. I think one of the reasons why they've had to get rid of K9 is for the same reason they had to get rid of K9 from Doctor Who. You only need one hero, and when you've got something that can analyse and solve the plot within 30 seconds, yeah. they become a bit of a nuisance. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they were forever finding ways of making sure he broke down or yeah. had to stay in the TARDIS because he go, yeah, yes, Master, that's so and so, and all you need to do is this, and we can go home. So, yeah. I, I think they the were. About five it was nice long. to have him in for a while, but they had to find a way to get rid of him. And with Mr. Smith, you don't need two well, geniuses in the room. Yeah, Mr. Smith was designed as a replacement for K9 yeah. in many ways. We're, we're, we're back to the problem with uh, we had with Red Dwarf, where you got Crichton and Holly. Yes, two vastly intelligent items that in theory, yeah, in yeah. theory, <laughs> they could solve the plot in one minute flat. Yeah, but there again, I mean, Holly was you know, suffering from her dementia. So. <laughs> or was he? I'm wondering how Luke's going to actually explain away having a mechanical robot <laughs> dog that doesn't end up being taken apart yeah. by the <laughs> physics lab at the <laughs> university. <laughs> don't know. Or help him cheat on exams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't think he needs it, does he? <laughs> he must be so smart. But, uh, yeah, and maybe a bit of a, a reference back to the big finish Sarah Jane audios. The old car oh, that yes, Sarah yeah. Jane gives Luke yes, yes, matches the description of the car she had in the audio series. Ah. Ethel, I think it was called. It was a yellow beetle, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yellow VW beetle. Which yeah. looked very familiar. I didn't know that. I haven't heard the uh, mm. big finish audios. It looked very familiar, the little yellow beetle. Yeah. I'm sure Mickey I've, had. I've, it might be. I'm sure I've seen it in something <laughs> else. Yeah. Yeah, Who related? Like Mickey, yeah. Mickey did have a yellow beetle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it might be the same one. <laughs> Maybe, it may well be. You know when you sit in a yeah. car, I've seen that car in Doctor Who somewhere, but my brain couldn't tell me if it was back in 1974 mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or this sort of like century. Because hmm. I can't remember what car Sarah Jane drove. Uh, no, she was seen it's... a couple of times, but I couldn't tell you. Because yeah. she had her own, this is the original Sarah Jane yes. back when she was like 21. Yes. She had her <laughs> own car as well as driving around in Bessie and the Hoomobile. Yeah. She's had a few cars at the time. She had a different car in the school union. Yeah. yeah. Well. well, that ended up in the front door of the school, so it might, That's might, true. Sure. It might have been written off. <laughs> the docks could repair it. <laughs> Sonic you, it. Yeah, the thing is, would you want the doctor to repair it? Because who knows what else it could do. Yeah. <laughs> Fly. Yeah. 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 But no, it, it, was, it was a fairly enjoyable story. I thought it dealt with what could be quite a sensitive subject for a lot of um, teenagers and young people mm. in a very, a very good way. It actually, it, it dealt with some of the, the dark sides of the uncertainty of <laughs> going on lo- leaving friends Growing and home up, yeah. and that kind Basically, of stuff yeah. moving school even yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and even so it's not necessarily moving school it's moving school and leaving home yeah because it's the, it's the joint too yeah you get the impression true. he's he's living away yeah well yeah, so, he is yeah certainly with all the uh, luggage that was on the roof oh yeah yeah he certainly is but yeah it's yeah. for the, the kids yeah, yeah. Right. and it's for a way of getting him away from the season but not necessarily, as you say, killing him off or yeah. something. It, it was a good... Because it's not like he can go to other family or anything else. It was a good way of getting the actor yeah. out of the yeah. the programme, yeah. but not permanently, not yeah, killing right, him off or right, something. Temporarily writing him out. Yeah. And he even did a quick message on his laptop to Maria. Yes. Yeah. A, mm-hmm. Which I thought was a, nice, was a nice touch. Yeah. You know, we never see again, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Maybe next year, fifth season, they might do reunion. 
Mm. Who knows? <laughs> well, she's meant to have moved to America, but I think the actress was taking her final exams and yeah. reassessing her life. <laughs> Get out of this finding program. an actual career yeah. that yeah. pays regularly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe flipping burgers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that was I was quite impressed. With that it was yeah. very very good. It's a good opener. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We've all been watching more television, haven't we, children? More? More? Okay. Mm. BBC Four more. Yes. 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 BBC Four. Quiet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Which um, will probably eventually make it onto BBC Two. Yeah, it was a, mm. it was a good one. It was a good yes. one. Yes. Yes. What, what have we been, we yeah, what have we been watching? The First Men mm. in the Moon. In yes, the Moon. That's in the it. Moon, yes. By? H.G. Wells. H.G. Yeah. Wells. Yep. Not everyone might know. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Gatiss. Yeah. <laughs> adapted by. Yes. Mark yes. Gatiss adapted the classic H.G. Wells book, The First Men in the Moon. It's a long. It's actually a long time since this has been done. It was the, a film. Yeah, the the, the last 64. one. Sixty four. Yeah, yeah, the last yeah. one I think was filmed by um, Lionel Jeffries. He was in it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And this was dedicated to him, uh, yes, which I noted, yeah. which I thought was a nice, nice touch. He played Cavor. Professor Cavor. Yeah. yeah. What goes on and what happens? Well, there is one variation. There's there's a couple of variations on it which I thought were very nice touches. Yes. In the the TV yeah. starts with a young lad yeah. with his father at a fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's looking up at the moon mm. and he's sitting there thinking, oh, what's going on? He says, isn't it strange, Dad, to think that very soon they'll be up there? Yeah. And you realise so it's, it's 1969 yeah, so and he's just about to do the it. man. July 20th. Yeah. Which it's... isn't in the book because obviously the book was written. Yeah, but I thought <laughs> yeah way before, before 1969. <laughs> I mean, the film but, was before But I thought yeah. that was actually quite a nice little framing little framing frame was yeah. yeah it was fitted yeah. so the, the kid goes into a marquee and there is a man wearing the um, David Tennant makeup yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I thought it looked pretty much like David Tennant <laughs> yes the old man makeup mm. yeah um, looks quite good but for the fact it's just too shiny, shiny yeah. Yeah. yeah and it turns out that this gentleman was actually the first man in the moon mm-hmm. yeah and then we go back in back, time back. and back to the actual book thing yeah. really kicks in yeah. I did like how can I put it Mark Gatiss's harmless buffoon oh he did a really good oh, job of great, Professor yeah. Cravel Professor Cravel as in there is so much going on in his mind that he's only partially connected mm. with reality yeah probably yeah probably <laughs> probably <laughs> there's so many thoughts going through there and, and, and information and ideas that he just quite happily can bumble along mm. doing his own thing mm. <laughs> <laughs> Rumi- I liked him ruminating ruminating yeah. and just standing there going <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean he was the archetypal I wouldn't say mad professor as such I mean because he Absol- was very Absent-minded professor. Yeah. But he was also very much a typical Edwardian gentleman. Yes. This is probably the book where that 
character mm. archetype started. Yeah, I've often wondered how much of Quatermass was based on Professor Cavill. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, because they're still they're both of them. That's not only are they both obsessed with rockets. Mm. Yeah, there is that kind of element of so much going on up there that the rest of the body and the brain can't keep yeah. up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, H.G. Wells wrote so many firsts. Mm. He did first time travel mm. machine, yeah. uh, tram travel story, yep. the first alien invasion story. Mm. Invisible Man. Yeah, first Invisible Man story. So, yeah, yeah, this this is probably, as you said, where that archetype started. I think it probably is, yeah. And so, Gatiss did a brilliant job. He, oh, yeah. He did seem to be born for that role. Yes. And oh, he yeah. did write the script yeah. Yeah, what with himself me, in mind. What made me he, laugh was, brilliant. I mean, it's just sort of Mark Gatiss as Professor Cavour with these big mutton-chop whiskers yeah. <laughs> yeah. and wearing yeah. one of those little cloth cricketers hats. <laughs> yeah. 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 That would have, you know, wouldn't have been out of place on W.G. Grace's head, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. But it's very much an indictment, I think, certainly of modern times, but certainly of Victorian times, is Cavor, uh, Cavor I can't even pronounce it, Cavor, Cavor uh, invents these things yeah. because he thinks them, doesn't actually follow the thoughts through to how and where they can be used. No. And it's Bedford who sees the exploitable mm. factor oh, of yeah, Cavor's yeah. Advent- inventions. He which is... is- the imperialist. Yeah, that's it, which which is very much of of the Victorian attitude at the time. Mm, Yeah, yeah. So they build a very Victorian space rocket. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, well, more of a a sphere rather than a rocket. Slightly, for anyone who hasn't seen this, think of Wallace and Gromit go to the moon. Yeah, Yeah, Wallace and Gromit is clearly based on... Yeah, it's 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 one of its most defining inspirations. Yeah, oh, clearly. Except the moon is not made of green cheese. (laughs) Head off to the moon and it's a little bit chilly outside so they have to wait round for it to warm up. They have to wait for the day cycle. Yeah. yeah. A few yeah. days, yeah. 14 days and all, was it? There, there was quite a number of comments made that for something that was filmed on quite a low budget... It was oh, very low budget, budget. Yeah. The, the moon locations, although looked a little bit ropey, were actually very well done. And yes. it was commented yeah. that maybe that Doctor Who could learn from this. Mm. And, I, and I remember sitting there thinking, this is an old 70s Doctor Who set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they obviously, they expanded it. Oh, yeah. CGI mm. to yeah yeah but the, the, the small the moon men were um, CGI oh, CG. yeah, yeah. Um, they yeah. they were very good the sort yes. of like ant yeah obviously based on an ant style kind of insect insect I think they were based on the description of the yeah. books because yeah. they are yeah. quite similar it seems to the ones in the film in in the the sixty four yeah. movie mm-hmm. yeah which were in insectoids yeah, yeah. They, those ones were stop motion they one were. thing one thing I did yeah. notice was H.G. Um, Wells he was a socialist and a member of the Fabian Society, and um, I think that came out a little bit in the uh, in the Selenites. Yes, I mean each one of them had a specified function. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Originally, I think the Selenites were based on an ant colony. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why it's very they much. look. It's, it's very, it's very, like an very stratified society. Yeah, very, very much mm. that mythology. You're mm. you're born into your job. Mm. You're not expected to do anything else but your job. Mm. Mm. Slightly nasty. There is no free will. There's because they don't understand free will. No, there's so, the uh, yeah. the moon overlord, or whatever it's called, yeah. yes, which uh, controls the them. big brain. Mm, yeah. Yes. yeah, the other big change to it, and I haven't seen the ending unfortunately yet because I haven't watched it all for on video. But <gasps> I am told the ending's very good. Mm. The ending is slightly different to the book. The I book, imagine it must be. Yeah, the book yeah. kind of like peters off. Yeah. What yeah. happens at the end of this one? Well, they got the problem with this modern take that we all know there's no air on the yeah. moon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yet you've got Cavour and Bedford out on the moon surface. <laughs> 
around the surface of the moon with no So Gatiss rather cleverly takes something from the book yeah. about the, the dangers of his anti-gravity... Uh, Cavalite. Mm. Cavalite, Cavalite yes. yes. Which could strip the Earth of, of air. Yeah. Mm. If it's if it's spilled on the... F- I remember the line is, if it's spilled on the floor, mm. then the air above the Cavalite... Mm. Will be, be displaced. Will be, be, be mm. weightless and gets displaced. So other air, air rushes in, in to yeah. fill the vacuum, mm. which will also be displaced. Mm. So the, <laughs> you get to the, the air. There was, there was yeah. a beautiful CGI shot of the moon with a fountain of air coming yeah. out of it as, it, or as the whole atmosphere is ripped off the moon mm. due yeah. to this spilled patch of cavalite. I think in the book, the implication is that obviously the Selenites are going to invade Earth because they think they're going to be attacked probably rightly and he kills himself or allows himself to be killed so he doesn't give away the, the secret of yeah. Cavarite mm. to the Selenites but here he actually sacrifices he, he, he's himself more, by yeah, he's more proactive he de- yeah he deliberately knocks the bowl of Cavarite over yeah he gets rid of the atmosphere of the moon yeah. which then ties in with the 1969 moon landing moon, moon landing and then yeah. having no air the book was it wasn't ambiguous at the end but it wasn't you got the yeah. feeling it petered out a bit yeah yeah. And someone I saw this and said the ending is much more impressive. It actually gives a concerted ending. Yeah. You've got a reason to the ending. Mm. It then it, ties in with yeah. what we then know yeah. to happen. It's not an unjustifiable ending. It doesn't do the story disjust. No, you know, no. It's, it no. works within the framework of That's the story. It. Yeah. If HG was written it today, he would, I'm it, sure, have given an keeping. ending yeah. like that. It yeah. is absolutely in keeping with lots of It's, it's a wonderful line of mine. It works narratively. It does. The whole story holds together. Very so, clever, yeah. I think. Oh yeah, very, yeah. very clever. So a few standout moments I'd like to mention to you is when they're in the sphere, weightless. They've got the magnetic boots. Magnetized yeah. boots. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. a very deliberate walking yeah. clomp, clomp, clomp. particularly does a wonderful job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The acting there, very, yeah. very good. And also I'd like to um, note that Bedford is sort of hoisting his own petard. Because yeah. you have um, gold is such a free commodity up in the moon. The, mm. brace, uh, the manacles they're tied oh, down yes. is mm-hmm. uh, gold. Yes. Solid gold. Yeah. So when he finally makes it back to Earth, he crash lands on a beach, and there's another beach coma. Beach person on holiday comes up, yep. find why? What's happened, old chap? The sphere over there. Get to help me. It's got lots of gold in. So this you can literally see in this other guy's oh, eyes. Yeah. So yeah. The pound signs comes mm. up. He runs into the sphere. Obviously hits a bot button, and the whole thing takes off, and, and he's lost all his gold. Yeah, and yes. I think that happens in the book too. Yeah, it's but, yeah. compressed. But it's 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 sort of like. Um, even more imperialism. Yeah. It's uh, right. out there to get the money for himself, and yeah. he's got it nicked from somebody else who yeah. doesn't even get a chance to spend it. No, that, that guy who went off in it, yeah. in the uh, capsule, wouldn't know how to control it. No, would have no. Ended, ended up, up in the sun or something. Yeah. yeah. To go off into space forever. Yeah. So, I, didn't, I haven't seen it all the way through yet. I only saw part of it, but I'm definitely going to watch the rest of it. But hmm. it, it did look like a, a very, very good adaption. Yeah. And on the budget, it, it was. I say on the budget, it was made but on the other hand it is a book of its time we know it's supposed to be yeah. in the period yeah. it was set yeah. it wouldn't it would almost not seem right if it was glitzy, glamorous, oh, no. super no. duper oh, kind of style. No. You know, it almost has to be wobbly sets and yeah. cardboard <laughs> box. Yeah. It has to look wrong. Yeah. The technology mm-hmm. being used clearly could never have worked. No. But that's how it should be. Yeah, it's how it, it should look. Should it. To, to look right, it's got to look wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if I have to say anything against it, yeah. it is slightly slow. Towards second half. Yeah. Once but on the that, moon, yeah. as I said, once. Once it gets past the second half, it then speeds up again. And, and I only noticed it once. 
you know, how, okay. long, how long this mm. is. So that's about roughly where I was looking at my watch just once. But after the middle section is over and done with, the pace again picks up. Picks up a bit. There is, it is a bit slow when Cavour is teaching the uh, yes. satellites how to speak yeah. English and things like yeah. that. But old boy. Old boy. <laughs> Probably. And if I remember rightly, H.G. Wells in the book actually only got the length of time it took to do the journey from Earth to the moon and back again out by something like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, the time he calculated, because he was a very clever oh, man, yes. the time he, cal- he calculated time plus velocity, blah, 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 yeah. and the difference between their journey and the real journey in 1969 was literally a couple of minutes. <laughs> and wow. I'm not sure if it was The Man in the Moon or an earlier one. It was the first book to do the countdown, yeah. 10, 9, 8, 7. Ah. No one ever did countdowns before that. You used to go on on three, one, two. Yeah. yeah. It was a it was a book that did it, and then when they did the moon launches or the space mm-hmm. launches as a little homage, they did That's ten, it. nine, uh, eight, yes. seven. Ah. So it's almost stuck. reality yeah, mimicking yeah. science fiction. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were. It was it was amazingly mm, yeah. accurate to reality the time. Reality imitating art. I'm yeah. fairly yeah. sure it was it was Man in the Moon. Hmm. Yeah, could well be. Yeah, necessarily. I mean, the interior of the capsule they went to the moon. I mean, it's so much like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a grand day out. Yeah, I mean, complete... sitting there in armchairs. In armchairs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could almost imagine the chintzy wallpaper on. Yeah, yeah. steampunk. Yeah. Mm. yeah, oh, definitely steampunk. But it is done with such reverence. Oh yeah, mm. oh, yeah. Yes. with love. It's yeah. done with love. Yeah. Well, Mark Gatiss is a HG Wells fan, so yeah. uh, he's, he's not going to. Um, yeah, he's not going to do anything naughty with it that he, he thinks HG Wells would not have approved mm. of. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm very because HG Wells did a lot of shorts as well and I'm surprised that none of them have been reused for Doctor Who stories or that Doctor Who hasn't encountered H.G. Wells he has Herbert. Yeah, Herbert George. Yeah, but actually do, yeah. like they've done, you ended up with the witches for Shakespeare and that kind yeah. of stuff. How obvious. Where else did he get the idea of the invasion from Mars or what have you? It, it, it's time rash, isn't it? Yeah. It's a story oh. that's waiting to be written that they actually do one with the Doctor and H.G. Wells, specifically. Mm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll come back to it eventually. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, well worth catching this one, oh, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. It's out on DVD, and I'm sure will be repeated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, it's such a good production, it'll probably be repeated on BBC One eventually. Maybe. Yeah. It's odd BBC Four, but yeah. there we go. Well, nice stuff on BBC Four does make it onto BBC Two, I think, within so many yeah. weeks or months, so it will hit BBC Two at the very least. Yeah. So uh, I would imagine that any of our Antipodean or American friends will probably be able to get to we'll see this on yeah. um, mm, yes. BBC America or something like that. Probably. Do you know what we haven't done? I know. He's he's glaring at us. He's frowning down upon us. He's looking down his nose at us. Look at the pert we raise. The pert we raise. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Hello, um, ensembled collection of Gunhilda <laughs> Nobnackers. Yes. yes. <laughs> collection? What's, what's the name of a collection? Nobnackers? Yeah. What's, 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 what's the noun for a collection of Gunhilda Nobnackers? Ooh, a um, lust. A lust. <laughs> yes, a, a lust of Gunhildas. <laughs> yeah. You lovely people, you've been writing to us. Woo! Yes, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. 
And we kick off the proceedings with one from Reese. Hi, Reese. Hello, Reese. Are you feeling better? Mm. Oh, yes. Hello, team. The head of Pertwee, Plastic Amy, and Carbol. <laughs> Warning failure. Perf settings changing. Oh, no. A new Reese will finish. I wish to inform you that Real Keith isn't the only person with different versions, and one has just had to be taken to his bed with some certain pictures. Pardon? Okay. okay. Don't need to know that. Kindly leave the stage. Reese, you are really, uh, re- you are reporting on much more of your life than we need to know. <laughs> Keep wearing the boxing gloves. <clears throat> oh no! Don't worry. Just the ones from his Facebook page. So nothing to pervy about them. Oh, oh dear. They're the ones of Karen Gillan. Oh dear. Let me guess that. <laughs> I have a warning. Well, another one. I have an awful lot to say, so I'll talk a lot more than normal. I'm in a lot of pain at the moment. I, oh. fe- I feel over and hurtled myself. Yeah. Oh. He fell over. Yes. Fell over and hurt all of himself. Yes. Mm. Frail and old. I'm, I might be in pain, but the past two nights, I thought it was three in a row. I've been watching Sherlock. It is wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Although it does seem that Moffat, for the episode he has written, I've only seen the first two, I'll have to wait until Sunday, he seems to have forgotten that Sherlock Holmes is not the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain. Sadly, very sadly... The channel it's showing is on as a commercial channel, ah. so that means ad breaks. Whiny! Oh no! You just get into the moment, get excited, and then on the screen you'll see Sherlock back soon. And then you hear, Bastards! <laughs> In the Australian accent. Yep. <laughs> Bastards! <laughs> so, with the ad breaks, we get time to think about the show while it's airing, which is good in a way, but my mother and I talked about how similar the character of Sherlock is to the Doctor. That's well, always true, really. in the first episode at least. I also agree with El Presidente that the first one is better. I have no quibbles with that one. Yep. I was just thinking it was your hero worship of Moffat. <laughs> I think it's worship. <laughs> worship? Yeah. Worship <laughs> is possibly correct, possibly, yeah. <laughs> also, I thought that the second episode was written by Mark Gatiss. I'll no. Be, I'll be back to him. No, he writes the third one. And if he'd written that and you weren't impressed by it, I got the feeling that you hadn't forgiven him for victory of, of the Daleks. <laughs> I think it's forgiven after First Men mm. in the Moon. Yeah. yeah. It's not his fault, victory of the no, Daleks. It no, was no. someone who designed an atrocious Daleks fall. Yeah. <laughs> I do hope that last sentence made sense. Yes. Now, yes. back to him in the first episode. Matt Smith. Leave it, Gene. <laughs> Matt On Smith. Victory of the Daleks Confidential said that he was very much admirers of Mark, Mr. Gatiss, and so do I. And he did a very good job in this. Also, the director of the show is very talented. Mm. I'm not going to try and type, but remember the brilliant actor, you know who, who plays Sherlock. But both he <laughs> and Martin Freeman have done superb jobs. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. yep. 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 Also, Sherlock Coat. What a wonderful coat. Oh, oh yes. expensive coat. Yeah, I'm looked. <laughs> <laughs> Another new Reese continues writing this email. Parents are doing so well here tonight, aren't we? We do apologise, listeners, but me and Crumbly are both getting over a cold. (laughs) Two of them, two of them are flagging. (laughs) And that other version of me was about to say, I would very much like to join the Flappy Coat Club. Oh, yes. Mm. Bill Keith has mentioned that he'd like to start. Yes. Mm. I have talked a lot about Sherlock, in fact, just a lot, but, ahem, I have some more to say. Oh, yeah. So, Stargate Universe, again. I know. (laughs) But I do miss out on some plot points because I have to watch it on YouTube. I may have mentioned the reason why before. It's because the damn bloody little... Now, Ah. yet another Reese takes this over over this email writing. And yes, the resolution of the cliffhanger was a bit of a reset button, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, Yeah, not surprising. Although there wasn't a reset for the second episode of the second season, it was 
good on that side of things. Yeah. Not on what happened, though, if you get my meaning. Okay, yeah. But I find the show very good anyway. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the season. Did I hear you compare Merlin with Robin Hood? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll not. give you a bit of a background to where I stand with both series. Okay, go for it. Robin Hood came, leave it all, Presidente. You're the <laughs> rudest of all of you. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. as bad as you. <laughs> on our screens before Merlin, whilst Doctor Who was off air, I loved. And eventually Merlin came, leave it. <laughs> onto our screens a little while later, and that was great too. But this year on the weekends, on different channels, we have Robin Hood on Saturday and Merlin then Doctor Who on Sunday. Wow. And that was a great few weeks. I think that both shows were trying to get the Doctor Who audience. Oh, they were. At the end, Robin Hood went for the more more of the teenage audience, but Merlin seems for a younger audience. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's trying to go for a broader audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are adult elements to it. Liked it, but Robin Hood won me completely on the last season. That was the best. Merlin... (laughs) Gene disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Merlin is still very good and running as well, so that adds a bit to it, I guess. Overall, yep. I don't think it matters to that too much that they don't stick to the legends. I mean, if they don't, for want of a better. Pad it out with original stories, the show won't last long. And mm. most shows generally want to go on for as long as possible, so that's okay for me. Mm. And if we give it time, I bet us then, uh, the show goes on, Merlin will bring in the actual stories of the legend... I'd just like to know, will you still be recording fortnightly? Yes. This will help us listeners stay on track on sending feedback. (laughs) Sorry to the person who has to read this, but I had a lot to say. (laughs) Maybe you could read a bit each. But farewell for now, Rhys. Say that now at the end. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Rhys. Okay. Merlin has more of the original Arthurian legend involved in it the Robin Hood had of the Robin Hood legend other than the names of the characters yeah that's true they didn't even meet the same way did they most of them oh talk about the wussy watered down version of Robin Hood (laughs) oh I can't kill anyone oh no I mustn't (laughs) I'm the good guy the gay Robin Hood about (laughs) the complaints the the wimpy Robin Hood. <laughs> in terms as for the recording schedule there is now a calendar on the website <gasps> good god look on the front page it's do not link it to your Google and have your Google email you when there are updates or you'll get no sleep we <laughs> <laughs> might update it a fair bit uh, yeah net, yeah savingstories.net slash calendar.html but uh, yeah. it's linked on there yeah well, thanks Brad Right. At some point, I will have to watch some Stargate Universe. I've tried to watch the odd episode, but it's just... Yeah, I have to lend you the, the DVDs. Yeah, I've I got, just yeah. don't seem to get into it. Mm. Um, we have one here from Patrick. Hello, Hello Patrick. Patrick. Yep. Just written a new Mr. Dalek. Oh, is he? Yeah, Ooh. it's very good. It's up now. I shall, I shall have to read that. Oh, yeah. I should read it now. Bad boy. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> dear team and the head of plastic cardboard, or something. Hmm. Close. Something. <laughs> yeah. Way to sit on the fence about my 11th hour empty child question, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still not sure, I'm afraid. But having said that, I'm not going to press the point, because I know what our president is capable of doing to people who ask him suspicious questions. (laughs) Speaking of which, here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that the only episode of New Who that I haven't seen is The Empty Child? Really? It says here. Wow. I remember distinctly that I was visiting my grandparents on the day it was broadcast, and we only got back in time for the next time trailer. I remember that I watched the Doctor dances the week after, and although I had no idea what was going on, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But I hear you cry. But, but 
Why do you say you haven't seen it as in present tense? Surely you caught repeats, bought DVDs or downloaded it entirely legally from the internet. Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> I've caught bits of it. I've tried to watch it all the way through, but I've just had my t- attention directed elsewhere. You can imagine my annoyance when the DWM Mighty 200 listed it as the fifth best story of all time. Mm, bit low anyway, in my opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough my ramblings about Doctor Who. Let me ramble about Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Nightmare Man was a great opener for the series. Yeah, with was. Tommy Knight doing a great job, especially. Tommy Knight? What whole name is Tommy Knight? Sounds like a, a Karuna from the 60s. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a... You know, Action adventure, action man. A bit Maybe like I'd... Ironheart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to see him there with a, a little lounge suit to the microphone <laughs> singing. <laughs> it's Tommy Knight. <laughs> Not Ironheart. Not <laughs> Julian Beach completed the hat trick of Who shows yeah. as the Nightmare Man himself, yep. who is undoubtedly based on the Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Great mind, sir. Yep. In fact, it was bordering between a fine line between inspiration and rip off <laughs> oh. he had but a bit of an for- eastern uh, eastern block accent and yeah, yeah. European accent but I'll forgive them that it's just this once <laughs> not really much more to say about it other than it was really good and that was my incredibly in-depth review of the Nightmare Man bye for now Patrick thank you Patrick mm. Patrick. Patrick please watch An Empty Child <laughs> I missed yeah. episode 4 of Genesis of the Daleks and it took me nearly 15 years to actually get to see it. And it haunted me. It will haunt you. Just sit down for 25 minutes or whatever it is and watch it because otherwise it just sits there and festers. <laughs> you must have a box set of the DVDs, surely. You didn't have DVDs in that, no, 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 from my time. He's got, the, Genesis, he's got the opportunity. No Take excuse. it. Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> I have one here from Benjamin Elliott. Hello, Benji! He says, On Saturday afternoon, my laptop was taken off life support. Oh, <laughs> Hard drive removed from the non-functional shell. Oh, oh, dear. The computer had been inoperable for six days. The machine seized up and gave a blue and white screen of psychedelic death oh, immediately no. after playing Staggery Stories Podcast 88. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dear. It is unclear if we'll be able to recover any of the data, at least not in a decent budget. Who Your- doesn't back up then? Yeah. <laughs> Your podcast now has killed a computer. <laughs> and it left me effectively off the internet for a week. Oh, dear. An edition of This Week in Doc 2, cancelled. Oh. Hope for going to Gallifrey Convention slips further away. Aww. Oh, no. Is this the first computer your podcast has killed? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think so, yes. Probably. Yeah. We like the goodies, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there were car crashes and somebody falling over in a river. Yep. Staggering Stories, the podcast that kills. <laughs> <laughs> it did leave me wondering... Who at Staggering Stories would want to shut me down? Was it Adam? Because checking for typos and stories is tedious and paying for the bandwidth for new pages is expensive. Andy, because he never seems to get any scenes from Mr. Dalek. <laughs> Under any circumstances, even though you'd assume they get along well. <laughs> Ooh. Tony, because he didn't like one of his cats destroying the doctor's jacket in the story. <laughs> nah, there can be one suspect. Mr. Dalek. Yeah. While Mr. Dalek hangs out with your gang and watches Doctor Who for research... As a Dalek, he would not want Doc 2 to get good ratings. Why draw attention and fame to his enemy through these fictionalised adaptations of the Time Lord's journeys? 
by attempting to silence This Week in Doc 2 makes it harder for people to track down the show. True. Who else but Mr. Dalek would have tricked TV Guide USA into believing that the way to make a magazine devoted to TV listings more relevant to audiences looking for TV listings was to drop the TV listings. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Who else but Mr. Dalek would have tricked TV Guide Canada into going online only? <laughs> taking away the audience that wouldn't be looking at online TV listings, which they had a near monopoly on. If some sabotage results in the Christmas Radio Time listings being printed in low drashig, <laughs> then mm. it will seem Mr. Dalek's ultimate goal was accomplished. What is a reasonable penalty for Mr. Dalek's attack on my system? Staggering Stories 89 should reach most parts of the world on 31st of October, Halloween. <laughs> Mr. Dalek could be deprived of all Halloween candy. <laughs> Sweet something it means. This year, even if he makes a good costume... Two, maybe the Mr. Dalek story should become the Mr. Cybermen stories. Oh. Or Mr. Drashig. Mr. Ood. Mrs. Slothene. <laughs> Tie Mr. Dalek to four of Tony Gallison's cats, who then run off in different directions, pulling Mr. Dalek apart. Four, give him an award because the laptop was Windows Vista, and the computers killed seven power cores in two and a half years. Let me know. What? <laughs> maybe I'll just get my revenge in the upcoming story. Sharpening the knives. Benjamin Elliott. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what does a Dalek dress up as at Halloween? Uh, Alpha Centauri. Yeah, could do, could do. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So can I, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you put that image in his head now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Amy Pond? No. Nah. <laughs> we have a letter here from JD. Hello, JD. Hello, everyone. An inanimate object including the head of Pertwee. Well, I have to say good job, guys. I also wanted to wish real Keith happy birthday. Happy birthday! Oh, thank you, JD. And I hope you get a lot of cake and no crap from fake Keith. <laughs> <laughs> but I like her crap. She does a special brand of crap. <laughs> you eat her what? The website's been like Get out of here. <laughs> Moving on. Oh. Well, I wanted to suggest you guys covered at some point Firefly on the commentaries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would be yeah, easy since should. there was only a handful of episodes. Yes. 14. Yeah. I also wanted to say that I have watched, which I think is watched, <laughs> all of Cowboy Bebop and ah. possibly greatest anime show of all times. Well, one of them. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that. Looks quite good. I have also watched all of Mobile Fighter G Gundam. It is one of the few Gundam shows I actually got interested in when I was a little tyrant. <laughs> tyrant? <laughs> uh, I think I've seen some of the Cowboy Bebop. I, I, I know at one of the anime festivals I went to, there was a load of stuff, but the Mobile G Fighter G yeah. Gundam doesn't ring any bells at all. I haven't seen any of Cowboy Bebop, it's, but I've heard of it. It's a bit Firefly. Yeah, that's what, that's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. I also wanted to point out, Before I just way. found out that the Joker and Luke Skywalker have one major thing in common. Yes. Guess what? Yes. They're both played by Mark Hamill. Ah. Yeah. Imagine that. I think Mark Hamill does insane voices. Brilliant. He, yeah. he does, yeah. yeah. Keep up the good work and don't blow up the world just yet. <laughs> P.S. Did you guys hear the new Doctor Who soundtrack? It was quite good. Specials. Yeah, yeah your okay. friend and law of listener JD. I've yet to get my sweaty pans on them. Hasn't Mark Camel done more than just the Joker? I know he's known for the Joker on those, I but know. I think he has voiced one or two other characters. Oh, probably. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made most of his money out of voiceover Voice work, work now. Yeah, 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 these days. But in the Batman yeah, um, stuff, I, don't know. I think he's I don't done know. more than. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's done yeah. some of the other villains. Yeah. I know. Um, 
He's done the computer game, Arkham Asylum. He did, yeah. He, he, did, he did the voice of Joker, Joker and a few Joker, other yeah. people in that. You and I, real Keith, we actually saw him on stage yes. doing the Joker, didn't we? Yeah, back yeah. At Celebration Europe. The Celebration, Celebration Europe. what is it, not last year, but the year before. Two or three years back. Yeah, now, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did, he, he's very good, very yeah. good on that. He's a very good entertainer. He knows how to work a crowd. Oh, he's really good yeah. on stage, yeah. So there's a whole generation that only know him as the villain, mm. not yes. the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's uh, it. That's pretty much old. I've had one quick Twitter message, Ooh. which I, I must relay because uh, we, we were naughty. Twitter me, Twitter me. How were we naughty? We, we when aren't a, we naughty? We did a bit of a, a Tim. Uh, we mentioned him. We mentioned him, but we didn't mention James from the Doc 2 podcast who bought the tickets for Oops. us for <laughs> Doctor Who Live. Yes. Big thank you for yeah, to big, James. Shall we mention, well, I know we did a little podcast with him outside. We did, Next obviously. to Wembley Stadium, so that might sort of That make was up on our it. feed. Guys, so. guys, you should learn by now, always keep your dealer sweets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I prostrate myself in front of you, James. Yeah, sorry, we forgot. Yeah. We're, we're terrible at that. I know. We sing, um, fixated on the programme. It, it's my fault, because I'm old, I forget things, it's mm. me age. Yeah, what's You were like this when I first met you. <laughs> Don't 25 years ago, whatever. <laughs> and you can Thank shut you. up as well. <laughs> I need alcohol. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, James. Yes, it was very nice of you to uh, get those tickets. And great to, to, to see you. Yeah, you great to yeah. see you. And it was great to um, actually indulge in that little podcastette with you. Mm. I think, as you said, it's up up on our feed. Frankly, I think we did a better job in that than we did in the Sabrina Stories review with you later. <laughs> yeah. but, well, it was, all, it was all fresh and it there. Was, and, it was. <laughs> yeah. Live. Yes. <laughs> Ish. I think that's it for this time, though. Yes. We're going to be back mm. next week. Yes, we will. Yeah. So, if you if you have any moans, groans, complaints, oh. ah, we know that that yeah. can you make, make your moans and groans pertinent to something other than just Halloween as well. <laughs> <laughs> you can send this. Send, you, know, you can send them here to us at show at staggering stories dot net. <laughs> and so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of yet another podcast. Aww. Aww. But never fear, there'll be more of the same in the next one. More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So, until that cataclysmic cosmic contrivance collapsed, <laughs> you got there. Comes falling down upon us. <laughs> this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Au revoir. Bye bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 89, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Gene Midler, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here, those of speaker, and don't necessarily represent those of our speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presidente production for www.staggerystories.net. That's one of the things I do love about Terry Pratchett dwarfs, is the female dwarfs also have beards. Yes, you can't tell yeah. the difference. Mm. So, as it says, courtship for the first stages is very, very cautious. <laughs> yeah. And no insult is intended on any side. <laughs> One, two, 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 three, four, five! Ah! <laughs> 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 Boys are buying! <laughs> 
does seem a I bit quiet. you might get a bit closer to the microphone at times and you're... As she gets back, earnestly into the conversation, <laughs> leans forward. Yeah, lean forward into the mic. Takes a bite out the microphone. <laughs> if all else fails, I'll bring the microphone well, we've, we've, we've had to give you a special mic that's wibbly-wobbly. <laughs> You've got a wibbly-wobbly mic there, you know that, don't you? <laughs> it's only you who has the wibbly-wobbly mic. <laughs> Nobody else. Yes, but it wasn't me last time that was bashing it. <laughs> the microphone, that is. <laughs> we thought that one ends up in <laughs> No comment. No. Right. Nobody says anything about my shirt. My fine, yeah. fine... Uh... You, is, there, is it a proper one? Yes. It is. So Paul Smith, yeah. I was going to say, opposed to all the fake shirts he's worn yeah. before. Yeah. It just has collars and cuffs, that's all he's got. <laughs> they reissued the, uh, the Matt Smith shirt. Ah. I wonder why, due to popular demand or...? Due to making a bit of money, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Charge £119 for it, so... What? Oh, uh, no, no, that's, that's far... That's their usual prices, because they are yeah. the designer. Well, Paul right, Smith, They're yeah. designer shirts, but they say it's far too expensive for a shirt. Really? I don't know. Marks. pounds. Marks and sparks. <laughs> I paid 115 pounds for my entire ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody screams, could you lean back? <laughs> <laughs> so lean back for full lung capacity. <laughs> He's turned me down. No, 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 no that was He's turned me down. No, no, should have been number two. Why? What did you offer him? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that he wants. <laughs> Owner of the Mile High Club in the uh, digital world. The uh, Mile High Club. No, I'll, I'll say the Mile High Club. I don't know. <laughs> you know what you've been doing. <laughs> No, so sort of, me and Fake Crumbly spent most of Sunday in bed. Not, not, <laughs> doing, not doing that because we're just so bloody knackered. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I just went. You're, what, what, you're. you expecting someone? Nope. We have a mysterious sound at the door. There's somebody, There's somebody at the door. 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 The door. There's somebody at the door. Mm. I don't know what they are, but that's you can mm. have one or two of them more. <laughs> Sounds interesting, whatever mm. it is. Mm. Something must have broken in the lab. Um. I'm back. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? Always. I washed everything. Yeah. Shall I do mine or you do yours? I can do mine if you want. Show me mine if I show you yours. <laughs> <laughs> Hello listeners to Doctor Who Podcasts. I wonder if you've heard of mine, the 20 megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. This particular promo is lacking one thing, that of Alicia, the great podcast saboteur. Doctor goes to Amy's little girl's house. Red is late, comes back, prisoner zero, crack, open, done. Die. So to you have to go. Yeah, sorry, are we keeping you awake? Oh, no, hold on, hold on. Two tickets of Doctor Who live, Cardiff. Do you have to shout? You're about one inch away from the microphone. Then we fell down to the ground. Podcasts, some of which I haven't listened to before. Now, I'm going to start with 
bigger on the inside. Oh, you know. Yes. That seems nice. Can you stop I'm moving not, stuff around? Cause am I going to get a number one? I'm not... You, it, excuse I, me. Yeah? This is a microphone. Yeah. yeah. It picks up every sound in its vicinity. So Does you, it? You, you stop moving stuff around and stop fidgeting and be quiet. Okay. But if you listen to our show, you'll hear what I mean. Please listen. Please. The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast is affiliated to the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance and is available on iTunes and Podbean.